talking about all things sports. Obviously, uh, the start of the baseball season, uh, we're, we're a couple weeks in now. Uh, the Mets just finished a game up uh, for their seventh win of the year, improving to seven and six. Uh, you know, they've been hovering around 500 now for, you know, the whole season so far, but it's still very early. Uh, I went to the game today, uh, which they won five to two. It was a very good win. Uh, they fell behind early two nothing on a Juan Soto home run, but came roaring back uh, with a couple home runs, uh, one powered by Francisco Lindor for his second of the year, and then Pete Alonso hit his sixth home run of the season, uh, leading the league so far, and he's primed to have a big year. Obviously, looking to um, get that big contract extension this upcoming offseason. He's uh, off to a great start, and yeah, just, you know, hitting bombs. Obviously, you know, you would hope for this Mets team to do better with runners in scoring position, uh, which is where they have struggled, but it's not the guys at the top of the lineup I'm worried about. It's the guys at the bottom, like Escobar, who is hitting just over 100, uh, and is, I want to say, 4 for 39 on the season so far so uh the Mets do have someone waiting in the wings uh their third base prospect Brett Beatty who's been tearing it up in AAA but again it's the bottom part of the lineup that worries me uh more than anything but again there's a long way to go uh the Mets are one game over 500 as they end their homestand four and two they win both series one against the Marlins, uh, one two out of three, and then they went two out of three against the Padres, who just beat the Braves three out of four. So that you know that's that's a great series win right there. Um, you can't you can't overlook that. I mean, San Diego just took it to Atlanta, and then they come to City Field, and the Mets take care of business uh, and win two out of three, and could have easily won that game last night. Uh, you know, it was it was a tough loss last night. Uh, Francisco Alvarez had an opportunity there to tie it up, and they had chances before then, uh, like in the first inning when they loaded the bases. So it's uh, been an up and down year so far. And again, they're seven wins, six losses. Uh, they go to Oakland on Friday to play the Oakland Athletics, and then they play the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants uh, on their nine-game road trip. So we'll see what happens there. But again, they take care of business today, and hopefully they go into the A's series and sweep that one, and then that would get them to 10-6. and six. But again, still a long way to go. But I'm loving the pitch clock. I think that's great. I think it's helping the game a lot. The games are only two and a half hours, uh, two hours and 45 minutes at most. So I like that. And I like the bigger bases. So there's a lot of good things going on with the game of baseball right now. And I think it's bringing more interest to the fans. So 
I think it's great. I think it's great. So let's take a look around the major leagues uh, so far here today and see what games are being played. Today, there was a lot of day games. Uh, you have the Phillies beating the Marlins 2-1 to one in the top of the sixth. The Phillies have started the season 4-7, and seven, and the Marlins are 5-7. and seven. Uh, So this is the rubber match of that series. Phillies dominated in the first game and lost 7-3 last night, and they're looking for a series win today. The Nationals are tied up with the Angels. The Angels won last night behind a great performance from Shohei Otani, and he does it all. So incredible performance last night from him. And let's see what he's doing with the bat today. Otani is getting the day off. So he gets the day off in the rubber match. And Griffin Canning is pitching for the Angels. And then... Let's go here. We see the Diamondbacks beating the Brewers. They're looking for a series win over Milwaukee, who's played really well. Uh, Milwaukee's 8-3 on the young season. And it's a close game here, 5-3. Arizona leading Milwaukee. Yelich is 2-4. for four. William Contreras is 2-3. for three. Bryce Terang is two for three, so that game is in the seventh inning. So just a look around the majors here. Some games coming up later today. We have the Red Sox and Rays. The Rays are 11-0. and uh, They've been on a tear. Great start for them, and they can't seem to be stopped this year. That game against the Red Sox is at 640 as they look for their 12th win in a row to start the season against Boston. Then the Reds play the Braves. Atlanta is looking for the sweep in that one. And then right now the Cardinals are leading the Rockies 7-4. As they go to the bottom of the ninth, the Twins are beat the White Sox 3-1. to one. And obviously, as I mentioned, the Mets beat the Padres 5-2. to two. Astros beat the Pirates to win that series 7-0. And the Yankees pulled out a win against the Cleveland Guardians 4-3. to Mariners beat the Cubs 5-2. to two. And Jared Kelnick, the guy who went over in the Edwin Diaz trade to Seattle, Hit, his, hit a home run for the third straight day. So he's starting to turn the corner now. Obviously, he came up last year, went back down, came up. So it's good to see him finally back on track. And, you know, if he plays well this year and for years going forward, that's a win-win for both teams, obviously because of Edwin Diaz and, you know, what he's done for the Mets and for the Mariners. So, 
Got some good games today. Uh, Royals-Rangers tonight at 8.05. Dodgers-Giants at 9.45. And yeah, so that's your look around the majors for today. I want to jump in right now to the NBA playoff round one matchups. Can't wait for these games to unfold. It all starts, well, the play-in started last night. Uh, the Lakers beat the Timberwolves in overtime. And the Hawks beat the Heat by 11. So let's look at these matchups. So, let's see here. There we go. So, for right now, we have, in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee and Miami. But that could change based off tonight's results between Toronto and Chicago. And then whoever wins that plays the Heat. Uh, I would give Toronto a shot to beat the Heat, but I wouldn't give Chicago that big of a shot to beat Miami. So if Toronto wins tonight, which I think they will, I think they give Miami a run for their money. But we'll see about that. But as of right now, uh, it's Milwaukee and then TBD for the eight seed. Um, and then the two seven is Boston Atlanta. Atlanta, as I mentioned, beat the heat last night by 11 points, 116 to one Oh five. Then the three verse six, which starts on Saturday at one o'clock is Philadelphia and Brooklyn. I expect Philadelphia to win in, uh, a sweep or in five games. Uh, but I think Philadelphia is definitely going to win that series. And then Boston, Atlanta, I have Boston winning. And then you have Cleveland versus the New York Knicks. I think this is going to be a great series. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Uh, but I have the Knicks winning in seven games. This is going to be, as I said, a great series. The Cleveland Cavaliers do have the better player in Donovan Mitchell, but I feel like the Knicks have the better overall roster, and I've been watching a lot of Knicks basketball this year, and I can tell you this team is no joke. I really do believe that they are no joke, and everyone has chipped in. You have Jalen Brunson playing at an all-star level this year. Don't know how he didn't make the all-star team. Uh, that's still baffling to me. But Barrett is playing to his strengths now. Uh, you have Quinn Grimes playing well quickly. Mitchell Robinson, the big presence down low. So Hartenstein even chipping in. So there are a lot of players for the Knicks that have chipped in, played well, and they're they've really played as a great cohesive uh cohesive unit so that's 
it's been great to see. So I do have the Knicks winning in seven games. Again, there's going to be a lot of emotions going on in this series. And I can't wait to see it unfold. Game one is Saturday at 6 o'clock. I'll be tuned into that. Can't wait for that matchup. And we'll see what happens. The Knicks won the regular season series, three games to one. But as we all know, that means nothing. Um, you know, we've, we see it in all sports, you know, it, it doesn't mean much. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I got the Knicks winning in seven games. So to recap, I have Milwaukee winning, whoever they play in the eight seed, Boston winning, Philadelphia winning, and the Knicks upsetting Cleveland on their home floor in seven games. And then the Western Conference, Denver uh, will play whoever wins the game between Minnesota and the 9 and 10 team, which is New Orleans or Oklahoma City. I have New Orleans beating Oklahoma City tonight. And then New Orleans playing Minnesota. And I'm going to take New Orleans in that one. I'm going to take New Orleans over Minnesota. I like McCollum. I like Ingram. I like, you know, I think they can win back-to-back games against the Thunder and Minnesota. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns played a great three first three quarters, but then, you know, came up small in the fourth quarter in overtime. Anthony Edwards had a rough game. I anticipate that he'll play much better in the next game versus, I think, the Pelicans. But I got New Orleans winning and taking down Minnesota. In the 2-7 matchup, we have Memphis versus the Lakers. Lakers obviously beat Minnesota last night uh, in a big win in overtime. Uh, I have this series going six games and Memphis winning. I'm not as high on the Lakers as some of these ESPN experts are. I know they're bullish on LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but I got John Morant. I got Dylan Brooks. I got uh, some of these other guys for the Grizzlies. I, I, I do like them better. Um, I, I know it's crazy to say, but obviously I'm taking LeBron James and Anthony Davis any day of the week. But I think in this particular series with Memphis at home, I just I, I like what I've seen out of them more this year. Uh, they've just found ways to win. And the Lakers in that game last night, it was it was uh, I didn't necessarily love what I saw. I mean, I know they won the game, but Minnesota couldn't hit a big shot in the fourth quarter and overtime, and the the Timberwolves still almost won. So I like Memphis in that series in six games over the Lakers. Then in the 3-6 matchup, uh, Sacramento versus Golden State. 
I have Golden State winning. Uh, I think this is a series where, you know, obviously Sacramento is going to come in pumped up and De'Aaron Fox and DeMondis Sabonis, and they'll have no problem scoring, but neither will Golden State. Uh, now, Sacramento's offense uh, is ranked first in the NBA, but their defense is ranked last. Uh, so it should be interesting to see what happens in this matchup, but I got Golden State winning. Uh, you know, they're in the playoffs now. Obviously, they had a really tough record on the road. I think it was something crazy like 9-30 and 30 or even worse. But now that they're in the playoffs, it's anyone's game. And it's a it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game. So I got Golden State over Sacramento in this series. I'm gonna say in six games. I'm gonna say in six games. Now we get to the nitty gritty here. Uh, we got the four five matchup. Uh, Phoenix versus LA. I like this matchup a lot. Um, you know, you got Phoenix with Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and then you got LA, uh, the Clippers with Russ and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I think this is going to be a great series. I'm going to say I'm going to say Phoenix wins it in 7 games. I'm going to say Phoenix wins in 7 games and knocks out the Clippers in round 1. Just can't can't ever bet against KD, especially since he hasn't lost since uh playing for the Suns. So, I'm going to say KD and Phoenix comes out on top in that series in round 1. So, yeah. Can't wait to see it all unfold. Um, let's see here. Let's see if I could get up the... Um, rounds and... So I know that if the Knicks won and the Bucks won, it would be Knicks-Bucks in round two. And I would take the Bucks in that series, but again, so let's, let's see here. Um, if I can, Excuse me. But yeah, anyway, so for for now we'll just stick with round one and then when round two approaches I will bring that up for you guys and do my predictions for round two and then for the conference finals as well. But for now, I'll just do round one. So now, 
I want to get to some NFL talk. Obviously, you know, the draft approaching. Aaron Rodgers' trade is still not complete. Uh, so I'm, I think there's a little worry there uh, from my perspective about the fact that a trade has not yet been completed. Um, but I'll be even more worried if a trade is not completed until after the draft. Uh, but, you know, I think a trade will eventually get done for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, you know, there's everyone telling you that that will happen. Hey, Drew, how's it going? Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. But this trade, this trade will eventually get done. Uh, you know, as a as a Jets fan, I'm anxious. I want it to get done right away. But you know, that's not how things go sometimes. And Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekunst will continue to sort things out, continue to talk, and see see what happens. I mean, I think. As the draft approaches, Green Bay is going to want to get some draft capital. And at the end of the day, this has to get done one way or another. I mean, the Packers can't hold on to Aaron Rodgers and just sit him on the bench for $60 million. And not to mention, it's a bad thing for Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love is sitting there wondering, okay, am I the guy? Am I not the guy? And if they keep Aaron Rodgers on the roster, then Love is like, well, there's this Hall of Famer sitting behind me just waiting to go in. You know, so the Jets know that this can't last forever and it's going to have to get done sooner rather than later. I mean... Hopefully by the draft, it will get done. And I just think they can't hold on to Aaron Rodgers. There's no way. It's $60 million they would have to hold on to and swallow for him to be the backup quarterback behind Love, who is like, okay, Rodgers is the backup quarterback and they want to move on to me, but they're focused on keeping Rodgers out of spite because they don't they don't want what the Jets are giving, you know. So, I just think it's kind of where the Packers are coming from is is kind of crazy uh to me because it just I just think it sends a bad message to your own team with with love uh with the Jets and I think it's I think what the Packers are doing is bad business cuz obviously we all heard what Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show that before going into the dark he was 90% going to retire and 10% thinking of staying and that kind of scared the Jets a little bit but you can't give up a first round pick for a guy that might play one year Again, I don't think he's going to play one year. I think he's going to play at least two uh, because he's joining a team now that is loaded. I mean, people are not talking about the Jets roster enough. I mean, the Jets roster is loaded. 
The defense is incredible. The offense has a budding star in Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. I mean, I mean, you name it. Alan Lazard now, McCole Hardman. So, and even the tight ends like Conklin and Uzama are not bad either. They're they're pretty good. And then you have an offensive line of Farrah Tucker and Becton, and you're going to add to the offensive line, uh, presumably at, at pick number 13. So this team is really good. I mean, it really is. And you put Rodgers into that mix, it just gets even better. And so I really just... I don't see how this goes on past the draft because the Packers are going to want to build around love number one and not make their new franchise quarterback uncomfortable because that's what's going to happen if this drags on and then people are saying that Rodgers might come to Packers camp just to, you know, egg them on to make a trade and stuff. It, it gets awkward. And that's not the message you want to send to your new franchise quarterback. It really isn't. So I just, I don't see this dragging on past the draft and I hope it doesn't because it's, it's bad business. I mean, it's, it's really bad uh, what Brian Gutekunst would be doing. So we'll see what happens there. But Pete said, Thoughts on Schefter contradicting Packers owner's interview today? I mean, again, I, I think what Adam Schefter is trying to do is he's trying to put stuff out there that are that is catching people's eyes. And I don't like when reporters do that. I think they just try to do that to garner some attention and to just because the reporters are trying to find out some new information too. And once they get that information, they're like, okay, let's push this out there. You know, let me write a little uh, snippet on it. So, or a little something on it. So again, it's, I think what Schefter is doing is he's trying to push out some information about Rogers because these reporters are all trying to find out information too, like we are about what's going on because again on March 15th Rodgers declared his intention to play for the Jets. So everything else is pretty much everything else is pretty much moot. I mean, obviously they have to come up with a trade, but you know, the Packers keeping him and keeping that 60 million dollars is it doesn't make any sense and it makes your new franchise quarterback really uncomfortable. And as I said, if Rogers goes into Packers camp and is like, Oh, I'm here, you know, I'm here. Hello everybody. Like I'm going to be on the jets, but I'm here to make everyone uncomfortable. It's, it's just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. So again, I mean, it's it's really what Schefter is doing is he's just trying to push something out there to catch everyone's eye. And that's what reporters' jobs are. Uh, so I would just, you know, trust what Mark Murphy said 
in a previous interview a couple uh, or a month ago, I would say now, and then yesterday with saying it was a similar situation to Brett Favre 15 years ago when he got traded to the Jets. So again, we'll see what happens, but you know, I'm, I'm excited about what's to come, but if it doesn't, if it goes past the draft, then I'll start to worry, but I, I really don't think it will. I think both sides are just trying to get this done as quickly as possible so they could both move on. And again, this has taken way too long. It's it's almost been a month since Rodgers declared his intention to play for the Jets. And, you know, so this should get done pretty soon, maybe even before the draft. But I wouldn't be surprised if it happens on day one or day two of the draft. But we shall see. All right, so from... The NFL, we go to the NHL. Um, we got some, we got some big games tonight. Uh, Canadians, Islanders tonight at seven. Uh, now, if the Islanders get a point, they will be in the playoffs as a wild card. Uh, because last night the Blackhawks beat the Penguins, which pushed the ball back in the Islanders' court. The Islanders, all they have to do is earn a point, and they will be in the playoffs. And then you have the Stars and the Blues and the Sharks and the Flames playing. And then tomorrow is, I believe, or no, yeah, tomorrow, or no, Friday is the last day of the regular season. Uh, So tomorrow you have a bunch of games, Maple Leafs, Rangers, Penguins, Blue Jackets, 